0: Section 48 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 981 when it was the nine hundred and eighty-first night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that abdullah bin fazil continued to the caliph when i saw them in this plight it was grievous to me and i mourned for them and my reason fled my head so i rose and embraced them and wept over their condition then i put on one of them the pelisse of sable and on the other the fur coat of maniver And carrying them to the hammam sent thither for each of them a suit of apparel such as befitted a merchant worth a thousand when they had washed and donned each his suit I carried them to my house where seeing them well nigh famished I set a tray of food before them and ate with them caressing them and comforting them then he again turned to the two dogs and said to them was this so o my brothers and they bent their heads and lowered their eyes so abdullah continued when they had eaten o vicar of allah quoth i to them what hath befallen you and where are your goods and quoth they we fared up the river till we came to a city called kufa where we sold for ten dinars the piece of stuff that hath cost half a ducat and that which cost us a ducat for twenty so we profited greatly and bought persian stuffs at the rate of ten sequins per piece of silk worth forty in bassorah thence we removed to a city called al Kag, where we sold and bought and made gain galore and amassed a wealth great store and they went on to set forth to me the places and the profits so i said to them since ye had such good luck and lot how cometh it that i see you return naked they sighed and answered o oh, our brother some one must have evil eyed us and in travel there is no trusting when we had gotten together these monies and goods we freighted a ship therewith and set sail intending for bassorah we fared on three days and on the fourth day we saw the sea rise and fall and roar and foam and swell and dash whilst the waves clashed together with a crash striking out sparks like fire in the darks the winds blew contrary for us and our craft struck upon the point of a bill projected rock where it brake up and plunged us into the river and all we had with us was lost in the waters we abode struggling on the surface a day and a night till allah sent us another ship whose crew picked us up and we begged our way from town to town suffering mighty sore hardships and selling our body clothes piecemeal to buy us food till we drew near bassorah nor did we make the city till we had drained the draught of a thousand miseries but had we come safely off with that which was by us we had brought back riches that might be evened with those of the king but this was foreordained to us of allah i said o my brothers let not your hearts be grieved for wealth is the ransom of bodies and safety is property since allah hath written you of the saved this is the end of desire for want and wealth are but as it were illusions of dreams and god gifted is he who said if a man from destruction can save his head let him hold his wealth as a slice of nail i continued o oh, my brothers we will suppose that our sire died to-day and left us all this wealth that is with me for i am right willing to share it with you equally so i fetched the her from the kazi's court and brought out to him all my money which he distributed into three equal parts and we each took one then said i to them o my brothers allah blesseth a man in his daily bread if he be in his own country so let each of you open him a shop and sit therein to get his living and he to whom aught is ordained in the secret purpose needs must he get it accordingly i helped each of them to open a shop and filled it for him with goods saying to them sell and buy and keep your monies and spend naught thereof for all ye need of meat and drink and so forth i will furnish to you I continued to entreat them generously and they fell to selling and buying by day and returning at eventide to my house where they lay the night nor would i suffer them to expend aught of their own substance but whenever i sat talking with them they would praise travel and proclaim its pleasures and vaunt the gains they had made therein and they ceased not to urge me to accompany them in travelling over foreign parts then he said to the dogs was this so o my brothers and they again bowed their heads and lowered their eyes in confirmation of his words he continued on such wise o vicar of allah they continued to urge me and tempt me to travel by vaunting the great gains and profit to be obtained thereby till i said to them needs must i fare with you for your sake then i entered into a contract of partnership with them and we chartered a ship and packing up all manner of precious stuffs and merchandise of every kind freighted it therewith after which we embarked in it all we needed and setting sail from bassorah launched out into the dashing sea swollen with clashing surge whereinto whoso entereth is lone and lorn and whence whoso cometh forth is as a babe new-born we ceased not sailing on till we came to a city of the cities where we sold and bought and made great cheap thence we went on to another place and we ceased not to pass from land to land and port to port selling and buying and profiting till we had gotten us great wealth and much advantage presently we came to a mountain where the captain cast anchor and said to us o passengers go ye ashore ye shall be saved from this day and make search it may be ye shall find water all landed I amongst the crowd and dispersed about the island in search of water as for me i climbed to the top of the mountain and whilst i went along lo and behold i saw a white snake fleeing and followed by a black dragon foul of favour and frightful of form hotly pursuing her presently he overtook her and clipping her seizing her by the head and wound his tail about her tail whereupon she cried out and i knew that he proposed to rape her so i was moved to ruth for her and taking up a lump of granite five pounds or more in weight hurled it at the dragon it smote him on the head and crushed it and ere i knew the white snake changed and became a young girl bright with beauty and loveliness and brilliancy and perfect grace as she were the shining full moon who came up to me and kissing my hands said to me allah veiled thee with twofold veils one from shame in this world and the other from the flame in the world to come on the day of the great upstanding the day when neither wealth nor children shall avail save to him who shall come to allah with a sound heart and presently she continued o mortal thou hast saved my honour and i am indebted to thee for kindness wherefore it behoveth me to requite thee so saying she signed with her hand to the earth which opened and she descended therein too then it closed up again over her and by this i knew that she was of the jinn as for the dragon fire was kindled in him and consumed him and he became ashes i marvelled at this and returned to my comrades whom i acquainted with whatso i had seen and we passed the night in the island. On the morrow the captain weighed anchor, and spread the sails and coiled the ropes, and we sailed till the shore faded from our gaze. We fared on twenty days, without seeing or land or bird, till our water came to an end, and quoth the rise to us. O folk, our fresh water is spent! Quoth we, Let us make for land, haply we shall find water. But he exclaimed, by allah i have lost my way and i know not what course will bring me to the seaboard thereupon betided us sore chagrin and we wept and besought almighty allah to guide us into the right course we passed that night in the sorriest case but god gifted is he who said how many a night have i spent in woes that would grizzle the suckling babe with fear but morrow not morn, ere to me there came aidens from allah and victory near but when the day arose in its sheen and shone we caught sight of a high mountain and rejoiced therein when we came to its skirts the captain said to us o folk go ashore and seek for water so we all landed and sought water but found none whereat we were sore afflicted because we were suffering for want of it as for me i climbed up to the mountain-top and on the other side thereof i saw a spacious circle distant from us an hour's journey or more presently i called my companions and as soon as they all rejoined me said to them look at yonder basin behind this mountain for i see therein a city high of base and a strong corner place girt with scones and tree, pasturage and lea and doubtless it wanteth not water and good things so hide we thither and fetch drink therefrom and buy what we need of provisions meat and fruit and return but they said we fear lest the city-folk be kaffirs ascribing to allah partners and enemies of the faith and lay hand on us and take us captive or else slay us so should we cause the loss of our own lives having cast ourselves into destruction and evil emprise indeed the proud and presumptuous are never praiseworthy for that they ever fare in danger of calamities even as said of such a one a certain poet long as earth is earth long as sky is sky the o'er proud is blamed though from risk he fly so we will not expose ourselves to peril i replied o folk i have no authority over you so i will take my brothers and go to yonder city but my brother said to me, "They also fear this thing and will not go with thee." Quoth I, "As for me, I am resolved to go thither, and I put my trust in Allah and accept whatsoever He shall decree to me. Do ye therefore await me whilst I went thither and return to you twain." And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of night nine hundred and eighty-one night nine hundred and eighty-two when it was the nine hundred and eighty-second night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that abdullah said do ye twain await me whilst i went thither and returned to you so i left them and walked on till i came to the gate of the place and saw it a city of building wondrous and projection marvellous with boulevards high towering and towers strong builded and palaces high soaring its portals were of Chinese iron verily gilded and graven on such wise as confounded the wit. I entered the gateway and saw there a stone bench whereon sat a man bearing on his forearm a chain of brass whereto hung fourteen keys so I knew him to be the porter of the city and that it had fourteen gates. I drew near him and said to him, Peace be with thee, but he returned not my salam and I saluted him a second and a third time, but he made me no reply then i laid my hand on his shoulder and said to him ho thou why dost thou not return my salam? art thou asleep or deaf or other than a moslem that thou refrainest from exchanging the salutation but he answered me not neither stirred so i considered him and saw that he was stone quoth i verily an admirable matter this is a stone rotten in the semblance of a son of adam and wanting in naught save speech then i left him and entering the city beheld a man standing in the road so i went up to him and scrutinized him and found him stone presently as i walked down the broadways and saw that this was everywhere the case i met an old woman bearing on her head a bundle of clothes ready for washing so i went up to her and examining her saw that she was stone and the bundle of clothes on her head was stone also then i fared for the market where i saw an oil man with his scales set up and fronted by various kinds of wares such as cheese and so forth all of stone moreover i saw all manner of tradesmen seated in their shops and men and women and children some standing and some sitting but they were all stone and the stuffs were like spiders webs i amused myself with looking upon them and as often as i laid hold upon a piece of stuff it powdered in my hands like dust bread presently i saw some chests and opening one of them found it full of gold in bags so i laid hold upon the bags but they crumbled away in my grasp whilst the gold abode unchanged i carried off of it what i could carry and said to myself were my brothers with me they might take of this gold their fill and possess themselves of these hoards which have no owner then i entered another shop and found therein more than this but could bear away no more than i had borne i left this market and went on to another and thence to another and another much enjoying the sight of all manner of creatures of various kinds all several stones even to the dogs and the cats till i came to the goldsmith's bazaar where i saw men sitting in their shops with their stock in trade about them some in their hands and others in crates of wicker-work when i saw this o commander of the faithful i threw down the gold and loaded myself with goldsmith's ware as much as i could carry then i went on to the jewel market and saw there the jewelers seated in their shops each with a tray before him full of all sorts of precious stones jacinths and diamonds and emeralds and ballast rubies and so forth but all the shopkeepers were stones whereupon i threw away the goldsmith's ware and carried off as many jewels as i could carry regretting that my brothers were not with me so that i might take what they would of those costly gems then I left the jewel market and went on till I came to a great door, quaintly gilded and decorated after the fairest fashion, within which were wooden benches, and in the porch sat eunuchs and bodyguards, horsemen and footmen and officers of police, each and every one robed in the richest of raiment. But they were all stones. I touched one of them, and his clothes crumbled away from his body like cobwebs then i passed through the door and saw a palace without equal for its building and the goodliness of the works that were therein here i found an audience-chamber full of grandees and wazirs and officers and emirs seated upon chairs and every one of them stone moreover i saw a throne of red gold crusted with pearls and gems and seated thereon a son of adam arrayed in the most sumptuous raiment and bearing on his head a chos-round crown diademed with the finest stones that shed a light like the light of day but when i came up to him i found him stone then i went on to the gate of the harbrim and entering found myself in the queen's presence-chamber wherein i saw a throne of red gold inlaid with pearls and gems and the queen seated thereon on her head she wore a crown diademed with finest jewels and round about her were women like moons seated upon chairs and clad in the most sumptuous clothing of all colours there also the eunuchry, with their hands upon their breasts were standing in the attitude of service and indeed this whole confounded the beholders wits with what was therein of quaint gilding and rare painting and curious carving and fine furniture there hung the most brilliant lustres of limpid crystal and in every globe of the crystal was an unique jewel Whose price money might not fulfil. So I threw down that which was with me, O prince of true believers, and fell to taking of these jewels what I could carry, bewildered as to what I should bear away and what I should leave. For indeed I saw the place as it were a treasure of the treasures of the city. Presently I espied a wicket standing open and within it a staircase. So I entered and mounting forty steps heard a human voice reciting the Quran in a low tone i walked towards that sound till i came to the main door hung with a silken curtain laced with wires of gold whereon were strung pearls and coral and rubies and cut emeralds which gave forth a light like the light of stars the voice came from behind the curtain so i raised it and discovered a gilded door whose beauty amazed the mind i passed through the door and found myself in a saloon as it were a hoard upon earth's surface and therein a girl as she wore the sun-shining fullest sheen in a zenith of sky serene she was robed in the costliest of raiment and decked with ornaments the most precious that could be and withal she was of passing beauty and loveliness a model of symmetry and seemliness of elegance and perfect grace with waist slender and hips heavy and dewy lips such as heal the sick and eyelids lovely in their languor as it were she of whom the sayer spake when he said my best salaam to what that robe in robes of symmetry and what to that blooming garth of cheek and guards of rosy blee it seems as though the pleiads depend upon her brow and other lights of night in knots upon her breast we see did she but don a garment weft of rose's softest leaf the leaf of rose would draw her blood when plucked that fruit from tree and did she crash in ocean's face next morn would see a change too sweeter than the honeycomb of what was briny sea and did she deign her favors grant to graybeard's staff impropt, he'd wake and rend the lion's limbs for might and valiancy then abdullah continued o prince of true believers as soon as i saw that girl i fell passionately in love with her and going straight up to her Found her seated on a high couch reciting by heart and in grateful memory the book of allah to whom belong honor and glory her voice was like the harmony of the gates of heaven when rizwan openeth them and the words came from her lips like a shower of gems whilst her face was with beauty dyed bright and blossom white even as saith the poet of a similar sight o thou who gladdenest man by speech and rarest quality grow longing and repine for thee and grow beyond degree in thee two things consume and melt the votaries of love the dulcet song of david joined with joseph's brilliancy when i heard her voice of melody reciting the sublime koran my heart quoted from her killing glances peace a word from my compassionating lord but i stammered in my speech and could not say the salam salutation aright for my mind and sight were confounded and i was become as said the bard love longing urge me not except to trip in speech or free nor save to shed my blood i pass the campman's boundary i ne'er will hear a word from those who love to rail but i will testify to love of him with every word of me then i hardened myself against the horrors of rapine and said to her peace be with thee o noble lady and treasured jewel allah grant endurance to the foundation of thy fortune fair and embrace the pillars of thy glory rare said she and on thee from me be peace and salutation and high honour o abdullah o son of fazil welcome and welcome and fair welcome to thee o dear darling mine and cools of mine eye rejoined i O my lady, whence watterst thou my name, and who art thou, and what case befell the people of this city, that they are become stones? I would have thee tell me the truth of the matter, for indeed I am admiring at this city and its citizens, and that I have found none alive therein save thyself. So, Allah upon thee, tell me the cause of all this, according to the truth. Quoth she sit o abdullah and inshallah i will talk with thee and acquaint thee in full with the facts of my case and of this place and its people and there is no majesty and there is no might save in allah the glorious the great so i sat me down by her side and she said to me know o abdullah may allah have mercy on thee that i am the daughter of the king of this city and that it is my sire whom thou sawest seated on the high stead in the divan And those who are round about him were the lords of his land and the guards of his empery he was a king of exceeding prowess and had under his hand a thousand thousand and sixty thousand troopers the number of the emirs of his empire was four-and-twenty thousand all of them governors and dignitaries he was obeyed by a thousand cities beside towns hamlets and villages and sconces and citadels And the emirs of the wild Arabs under his hand were a thousand in number, each commanding twenty thousand horse. Moreover he had monies and treasures and precious stones and jewels and things of price, such as I never saw, nor of which ear ever heard. And Charazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say End of night nine hundred and eighty two